Hey besties! Welcome to another episode of Reality TV and Me. I'm your host, Kirsty, and this is a really fun episode. I got to chatting to Real Housewife recap royalty, Brian Moylan, the writer extraordinaire of Erica Jane's Pretty Mess. Um, absolute fucking legend. He just had me in stitches the whole time. Tried to get the inside scoop on a few things. Go back, he even appeared on the show. Um, I think it was last season when they did the book. Uh, he sat down and chatted with her. Very exciting. Honestly, I was like fangirling all over the joint, but it was, I kept my, I think I kept my cool enough. Um, Anyway, listen for yourself and and figure and find out. After that little chat skis, I um if you stick around for the after show today, I have a special clip from my brother's show Insane Ramblings, um where he talks about the incident on The Bachelor this week. Um I don't watch it myself. Well, I have I have well, obviously in obviously in the past, but I haven't been up to date with this season. So he dives deep into the shock and hilarity that was the most recent uh episode and yeah, it's a real laugh. So his podcast is Insane Ramblings. Um you can find them anywhere you listen to podcasts. Stick around at the very end of the show to hear that fun clip. All right, let's get into a chat with extraordinaire Brian Moylan. Well, hello, Brian J. Moylan. Thank you so much for joining me. It's like the Bravo gods have shone down upon me and let you in. The co-author, ghostwriter, I don't know what to it's call you, true. Pretty Mess, the Erica yep. James book, absolutely. Like even was on the show talking to Erica Jane. <laughs> I mean, I died. And yeah, your recaps on Vulture are hilarious. I love everything you do. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I mean, I'm no Andy Cohen, but I guess. I mean, basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I die. So yeah, I mean, what got you into the housewives? I mean, a lot of people I talked to and myself included kind of came to it in a dark period of their life where they just need escapism or sometimes it's just like winding down. I don't know. You're like well into the world of it. So so I was obsessed with Project Runway mm. um, when that was on Bravo. And so Bravo was kind of having a resurgence with um, uh, Project Runway, Top Chef, um, and yeah. some other shows. And so I was watching a lot of Bravo, and it would just kind of be on when I was around the apartment. And then I saw Shane Kehoe. Do you know who Shane Kehoe is? Yes, of course. And I was like, who is this gorgeous man? <laughs> I want to stare at him forever. And mm-hmm. so I was staring at Shane Kehoe and started watching Real Housewives of Orange County. And then I was like, oh, my God, Shane Kehoe's gone, and I'm still watching Real Housewives of Orange County. And now I'm really What's watching Real Housewives me? of New York. <laughs> and now I'm watching Real Housewives of Atlanta. Now I'm watching Real Housewives of Bumble. That's how that's, it gets you. It sucks you in. So you were right there from the jump. Yeah, from the very, very beginning, wow. I was into it. And then, but then I didn't start writing about them uh, professionally until 
until uh, I started working at Gawker and I was there and Richard Lawson was doing recaps of them and they were very amazing and hilarious. And uh, then he left and so I took over for him. And, so were you there writing yeah. about other shows or other Yeah, shows? I wrote about Project Runway. I wrote about Mad okay. Men. I wrote a lot about Jersey Shore. Ah, um, I'm such a Jersey and Geordie Shore fan. Like, I, I am beyond trash. <laughs> I have an honorary PhD in Jersey Shore studies from the University of Chicago. It's Shut true. your face. In the words, words of Snooki, stop! It's true, it's true. So, That's yeah, so I was doing I'm that. I'm going to need a photo. I'm going to need a photo for Insta. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, they actually sent me a signed um, cast photo after the first season of <gasps> Jersey Shore, which hangs in a place of pride in my apartment. You need to uh, shrine that. Like, you need a special place for it, surrounded by candles that you can worship on a daily basis. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Richard was doing Housewives, and then he left, and so I started doing Housewives. And then I kind of just, like, took the show on the road after I left Gawker and, have you know, have, was at a few different places. And then I've been at Vulture for, like, five or six years now, probably. Wow. Um, well, we are doing, truly blessed. Yeah, all of those shows and more and more. <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. I love your recaps. They just like the way the look that you have, the perspective you have is very similar comedically to the way I watch the shows. Except the last few that I've read, I mean, just like pulling out the first one that comes to my mind, it, like you wrote um, the most recent one about Vanderpump and. You were like, I was shookish because I am obsessed with James and I know I'm like a rare breed, but you have so much compassion for Katie. Why? <laughs> I think that, well, no, I don't have much compassion for Katie because I think Katie is an awful person. But, Thank you. Okay, I needed to hear that first. Um, but I do, so somebody asked me this on Twitter and it's like, why are you so mean to James and not to Katie? And I think that they're both bad and they're both awful and they're both <laughs> wrong. But what takes James like up a notch is that the way he treated Katie is part of a larger pattern of misogyny, which mm. I think is worse than Katie's just being an awful person. So like, yeah. so I think they're both awful people. But James has something where he's not only awful to Katie, he's awful to all women. And so yeah, I think he hates that, women because yeah, of his mom. Which, yeah, exactly. I mean, now it's quite obvious where mm-hmm. all the pathology comes from. Yeah. So um, I think that that makes him like a little bit worse. And also, I mean, I love James as a reality television character, but he's really his own worst enemy. Like he can't help himself. And it, it and no. so. I have a hard time <laughs> feeling bad for him because it's like, dude, like this is your your own damn fault. Like, <laughs> I, I think like I think that's why I have such compassion for him because I am I am like I, it continually blows my mind that nobody's picked me up on the street and asked me if I have to have my own reality show because I am fucking bonkers. Like all of the mental health issues, all of the childhood trauma. I am James. So when I watch him, I'm like, mm, 
exactly like you said, you're his, he is his own worst enemy, but it makes for great television. Absolutely. <laughs> but, but you, yeah, that's when I read your thing, I was like annoyed because I completely agree with everything you said. And I have been team James from word go. And when you mentioned the like deep ingrained misogyny, I was like, fuck, he's right. Now what do I do? Now who do I support? I know. Well, it, it's so funny to me being a, you know, semi-professional Real Housewives, whatever, that every person on every show has people that love them and have people that hate them. Mm-hmm. Like, the ones you think are the most popular have just as many haters, and the ones you think, how could anybody like this, there are tons of people that love them. So, I know. I mean, which I've always found, like, I don't understand how anybody could be a Teresa Giudice fan. Like, I just think she Honestly. is. Oh, my God. She's a literal criminal. And, exactly. And, like, and, I even I shocked myself in the reunion. I shed a single tear when they did the whole, you know, jail flashback and the kids and Juicy Joe and I, I have hated her and I she is a monster. And right. even I was like, Oh my god, like crying. And that's just, you know, the beauty of Bravo manipulating my like like my brain. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh my god, I have such a I had to stop watching New Jersey for a few years because I just couldn't handle it. And mm-hmm. I came back this season because it got really good. But I was, you know, watching her fight with Jackie at the reunion. She's, she's like, oh, you should feel bad for me. My husband's away. <laughs> but it's like, it's not like he died of cancer. Like, there was exactly. a tragedy. He's away because he is a felon who <laughs> made the choice to break the law. Like, exactly. I, I'm sorry, but I, I can have no compassion for you mm-hmm. because of that. No, I you agree. Know? I completely agree. And and just the way she, it was so blatantly obvious that her intelligence level I feel so oh sad saying that but the comparison of those two arguing it was hard to watch yes I mean I wouldn't be surprised to learn that she couldn't read yeah I know honestly my um when I speak to um Erin Martin from the Pink Shade podcast occasionally she'll mention that do you watch um the uh, Love After Lockup it's real, like, I think it's TLC trash. But no. there's a guy on there that is, like, basically a crack addict. And his woman is in and out of jail. It's a nightmare. And he is, his brain is fried. And she's literally, like, comparing Teresa to Clint. I'm like, girl. She's like, we all got a little bit of Clint, a little bit of Trey in us. I'm like, nah! <laughs> I mean, yeah, I hope I don't have that much Trey in me. <laughs> I mean, I, me I'm too. sure. Which Real Housewife do you think you are most like? Oh, my God. This is – I spent a lot of time thinking about this the other night. Okay. And I actually have a breakdown of a few. And they turn out to mostly be New Yorkians. Right. So I identify very strongly with the kind of delusional, slutty mess that is Sonia. Got it. Um, and – I also really relate to, um, this is so embarrassing, the, like, love addict and obsessive, compulsive, like, neediness of Tinsley and the Sheenas of the world. I know. I hate myself for it. Interesting. But it is something that I own. 
And on top of that, I'm also a ringer because I'm very loud and obnoxious. And I probably have the <laughs> alcoholism of all of them. So, you know what? I am a party. <laughs> exactly. Right. I'm like, the, I'm just like, you know, serve, all of the, the worst housewives. <laughs> exactly. All of the worst housewives put together and she's their worst qualities and you have me. <laughs> right. What about you? Do I identify with one or a combination? I am probably a Carol Radziwill, probably through. Stop, really? Yeah. And, um, but I was, came to this realization last week when we were watching, I was watching Vanderpump Rules with my partner, and I was like, you know what? In my mind, like, the way I see the ideal version of myself, it's Lala. Like, that's how I, I'm like. Oh, my God. I'm just like hot and slutty and only want to sleep with people for money. Like You're that's like filthy bitch. That's what I aspire <laughs> to be. Like that's my ideal self is a lala. But I know in my heart of hearts I'm probably a Carol Radswell. That is so funny. That's so different. <laughs> I know. Well, that's why I like yeah. want to be Lala, but I'm like not. I'm way too together and you know whatever yeah. not nearly as hot fly off first of all <laughs> oh stop i sort of uh <laughs> i was feeling nervous about talking to you and i went on your instagram to stalk you and i saw a photo of you lying naked on a bed with like a cushion in front of your junk and i was like there boy <laughs> so that room <laughs> where i am lying is in a friend of mine's hampton's house and okay. it is also the room where um, where Sonia stayed with Tinsley in the Hamptons like several seasons ago and like pumped <gasps> the bed. Oh my gosh! So you wanted to absorb it all, get yeah, right up so in there. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna get naked in the Sonia Morgan yeah. bed. You are doing the, the Lord's work. Hello, <laughs> yes. But you know, it was just made me laugh because you know how when you know, you're in school and they say, oh, picture the audience in their underwear or something so you're not so nervous. I'm like, I literally have seen it all. <laughs> I've seen it all. True. It's true. <laughs> Made well, my I life. Was, you know, I was always joking that eventually my dick pics are going to get out there, so maybe I should strategically leak some really good ones. Can't wait. You know, just so that no one's going to put out the bad ones because you can already find the good ones. Exactly. So I, I think that might have been what Bieber did because – that was, like, not a bad day when his junk got online. Exactly. Or what about <laughs> Sheree Whitfield's son's dick pic? Oh, oh my, my God. <laughs> I'm going to have to do, do that research again because it's been too long. We'll have to have a look at that <laughs> later. <laughs> Just making a note to yourself. <laughs> so while we're on Lala, I literally wrote down, what are your thoughts on the Lala of it all? Because I agree with you. I like, she was my feminist hero for the first few seasons she was on. And I was like, yes, I want to be Lala. Like, I was the same, same as you. I'm like, oh, I'm inspired. I need a sugar daddy. Let's do this. And and, I, and this season, I'm – she's grating on me. The, like, very really? obnoxious show of wealth. And, I don't know, I'm not feeling her this season. It's making me really uncomfortable. I'm kind of the opposite. I hated her at first I think because she was so aligned with James and they were kind of against everybody mm. and she had that whole thing with Katie and they were being really awful to each other 
And she was kind of like, oh, you're so mean to me. And I was bullied and I have anxiety. I'm like, oh, my God, get over it. But um, now I kind of love her. And what I love about her is the transparency of it all, which is I want a rich man to fly me in a private jet. I want (laughs) fancy clothes. And I will, like, suck your dick to get it. And if you're not going to give it to me, I'm going to find somebody else because I'm worth it. And, you know, and I think that – she you make it is, sound so empowering. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think that she's kind of taking this traditional role that women have had of being a sort of quote-unquote kept woman mm-hmm. and saying, like, this is what I want to be, but I am doing the choosing. You know, like, I am hot enough to have mm-hmm. anyone I like, and so I'm going to do the picking, and if you don't treat me the way I want to be treated, then peace out. So you are I, right. Like, yeah, Sorry. so I appreciate You're- her for that. I, I actually do appreciate that. But then I wonder, and I mused this last episode, that I, I, you know how, like, some girls fall into stripping to, you know, fund their medical career or whatever because it's so expensive. So, like, while they're going through school. And, you know, it's not really the dream job, but they, they have, they're getting by and they're doing it. But then they right. call themselves empowered in order to feel, you know, okay about it. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I think she's doing that. I think she's, like, actually in a lot of pain, and she's just, like, calling it empowered so she feels okay about it. But you don't think that? I mean, that might be true, but I don't really see that. But I, you know, and take – I mean, anybody that wants to be on any of these shows is obviously in a lot of pain. (laughs) Oh, my God, especially Vanderpump. You're right. Yeah. Well, and that's (laughs) what – well, as you were saying that, I said you were going to go somewhere else where is – if a uh, woman is stripping to get through medical school, she's stripping and her goal is to be a doctor and one day she'll no longer be stripping. The thing Mm. that I've always admired about everyone on Vanderpump is this is the ends. Like this is not (laughs) the means to some other ends. This is it. This is all any of them want. Right. They want to be famous. They want to be themselves. They want to make money for not doing anything and hang out with their friends and be drunk. Like, they're not yeah, right. like Erica Jane who goes on Real Housewives so that she can sell something else. Mm. Like Lala mm-hmm. just wants to be famous and have a rich dude take care of her. And that's like it. You know so. what? The more you're saying that, the more it sounds really awesome. <laughs> I was looking at my um my bank account this week and I was just like, oh, just close the app because I don't want to know. It's an issue. Right. So you know, you know what? You're actually kind of you've convinced me. You know what? I'm just. But the but the one thing is that last episode she said, you don't even have to be pretty. You just need a mouth. And I was like, that's not true. You know, she is lucky that she has the face of an angel and yes. the ass of Rihanna. And I'm I mean, just, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm sitting I, here over here. Like I'm like I am literally ready to go. But nobody's knocking on my door. I can't even get a second date. Oh, I'm sure that I think that she's right, but you probably also have standards, which is the antithesis of what one needs to be in the la la position. Mm. But yeah, sometimes I question my standards. I attract attract <laughs> I attract a lot of criminals, and um, it's becoming an issue. So I've just decided to stay single. I but mean, enough about why not? me. <laughs> Oh, my God. So, all right, let's get into, I want your input on, we've just started Beverly Hills, we're four or five episodes in, you know what I'm going to ask, Lucy Lucy yeah. Apple Juice, 
I mean, I flip-flop. Every single episode, I'm believing someone different. I don't know what's going on. Like, what's your take on this whole thing? So my problem with Beverly Hills several seasons has been that, well, the the past few years, I always called it rich women doing things because nothing happened. (laughs) But the reason why nothing was happening was because everything was a proxy fight about Lisa Vanderpump controlling things behind the scenes. And, you know, it's like Lisa Renner had that whole fight with her about Munchausen's and that took up a whole season. And then Lisa Renner decided she wasn't going to be the bad guy anymore. And so nothing happened last season. Mm. And so I think that Lisa has been a burden on the show for several years by trying to orchestrate things and what she has only ended up succeeding in is pissing off her coworkers. And I think that's all coming to a head now. And so I think Doree obviously is the wrongest of all. I think she's an awful person. She totally fucked up with the dog. Mm -hmm. She shouldn't have done what she did. Um, You know, Teddy, you know, was scheming against her. I get it. But she's come clean about it all. But I think that Lisa really, you know, and and I think the most damning evidence of all was when Kyle said, this is what Lisa does. And that so was huge, wasn't it? Yeah, and like she's acknowledging. I so glossed over. But, yes, you're 100% right. That was really poignant. Yeah, and, and she's saying, like, this is what Lisa does. She's not going to admit it, and it's not going to change. But here here's what it is. And so mm-hmm. I think that that is pretty much as close as a ratification we can get that Lisa has been doing what everybody says she's been doing ever since she told Brandy Glanville to bring, bring tabloids, you know, mm-hmm. six seasons ago. And, and so, like, sorry. So I, I just really think that we need to get this all cleared up for the health of the show so that we can mm-hmm. get on to better drama because all of the best drama on the show isn't even the drama that Lisa Vanderpump created. It's been Kyle and Kim. It's been Kim mm-hmm. and Lisa Rinna. It's been Taylor Armstrong and the crazy husband. It's been Kyle and Camille. And so I think that not she's not helping the show. She's only mm. hurting the show. Yeah, you're right. Maybe like it's almost like she thinks she has more influence in creating the drama than like she's needed for that. But you're yeah. right. When you really think, and I believe that because I just will if I what, if it's on the internet and somebody's saying it, I'm like, yep, yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> That's now fact. <laughs> But right. yeah, like and, if, and a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, if without Lisa, we wouldn't have had this, this, and this. But you're actually right. They have been. It hasn't created as much waves as she would have hoped. I think, and no. it really results in her being really hurt and losing friendships almost every season. Absolutely, and you see the same pattern. It's like the new girl shows up. She befriends the new girl because she hasn't learned her lesson yet. And then she ends up screwing over the new girl, and the new girl joins all the old girls, and then there have to be new girls that Lisa Vanderpump has a friend. And I've been saying for years, Lisa needs to leave and needs to go to Vanderpump Rules and just be on Vanderpump Rules because she's, A, way more likable on Vanderpump Rules where she can just be bitchy and look down on all those kids, and Mm -hmm. it's her show, so she can control it as much as she wants. And, like, it's not going to make the show any better or worse. Oh, my God. I don't know how I, I agree that she's so much more likable and better on 
um, Vanderpump. But I, I, have, I can't imagine a world without Lisa on Beverly Hills. So it's like when we said goodbye to Kim. I was never a Kim fan. And, but when, when she left, I was like, oh, I've lost a limb. I know. <laughs> it was a, I it was love a lot. Kim. But I think <laughs> that I think that any of these shows could lose any of the, the people and it, it would still be fine. Like, I don't think anyone is immune. Like, if you lost Bethany, if you lost Nene, if you lost Teresa, like, the franchise is much stronger than the individual stars. You're right. And because we have we – have, I've always panicked. Like, Bethany was gone for a while. Nene was gone for a while. And I would, I would always start the season – like crossing my fingers that it's not going to be a flop. And within a couple of episodes, I've totally forgotten they ever existed. I mean, for me, yeah. I know I know you are a Carol, but I didn't even notice she was gone <laughs> when we started New York. <laughs> I have been missing Carol a little bit. Oh, um, what, I will what admit. What do you love about it so much? Um, what do you miss? I just, well, I mean, I do enjoy her, but I just see a lot of myself in her and that. Mm. She's a very New York character. She's a writer. She um, is kind of the voice of reason, and but will get involved and, you know. It is I, nice I just, when you have someone you can relate to. That makes a difference. Right. And I think that she was always like, Ramona, you're being crazy. Sonia, you're being crazy. Like, she could recognize the craziness, mm. but also enjoy it. And that's kind of how I feel about myself. Like, <laughs> I'm not really going to participate in the outrageousness, but I'm glad yeah. it surrounds me, you know? Yeah. See, that's, that is a very writer experience. I mean, I'm a writer, but I'm always in the center of the drama because <laughs> <laughs> it's not a choice. But, you know, I'm just a whirlwind. Um, but, yeah, it is like being the observer and in being able to watch like kind of what's going on. I mean, that's why we love these shows, right? Because we don't have to live. If I, I mean, I say I create drama, but if I was living in the, the New York housewife situation, I mean, I would, I would run for the hills. Like, that's terrifying. Right. But, but, yeah, it's, I mean, it's that you're watching these, these stories and being able to kind of analyze the personalities and it's, it's awesome. But, I, you know, there are definitely housewives that I miss more than others. Number one at the top of the list is Kenya Moore. Like This season of Atlanta yeah. could have used some Kenya Moore. And, I mean, it's mm-hmm. been a good season, but she's just so good. But we've also seen, like, the last season of Real Housewives of Orange County, you have some all-time all-star housewives. Shannon Bedore, Kelly Dodd, Tamara Judge. Vicki mm-hmm. Gumbelson, they're all excellent housewives, but the season was so awful. And That's so, so I just, true. You know, I think it's there's just something about, like, a mix of the right people at the right time. And, and yeah, but I think that, you know, it really is about the strength of the franchise more than it is any individual player. That's such a good point. Yeah, because, I mean – OC is one of my favorites, but you're right. It was a total flop this season. It was weird. Like the two kind of groups segregated, yeah. too, too many children running around. That's, yeah. And I mean, and then we have New Jersey, which I was the same as you. I kind of dropped out for a while because I was sick of the same family drama every single season. Yeah. But this season was perfection. This cast yeah. is magic. Whatever's yeah. going on here is, yeah, like, but, you know, it could be the same exact cast next season and be a totally different scenario. You're right. It is just kind of what 
it's just kind of luck of the draw. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, this is a really good cast of New Jersey. So thank you, mm-hmm. New Jersey. And it just took them a while to get the mix right, I think. And they really need to do that on OC. Ooh, girl. Do you think they, you, you, you want to whole freshen up of OC? I mean, I don't know that we need a whole freshen up. Like I said, those are some really great women. But I, I think that they need to get rid of Shannon Bedore as, as much as <gasps> – She's so great to watch, but I think that she destroys any group dynamic. And, and, and you're right. <laughs> and and so she, the her particular, you know, psychological idiosyncrasies, I don't <laughs> think make for a good ensemble program. However, yeah. I can watch Shannon Bedore go about her life. For hours I could end. literally like, watch her opening a salmon packet 24 hours on repeat. It would just, yeah. like, it's going to make me laugh and bring me joy. Oh, my God. She's <laughs> fascinating. But just the way she won't talk about things, the way she doesn't like any new people, the way she's always, like, picking sides and won't, like, forgive anybody. Like, you can't have those qualities and foster a healthy uh, yeah. reality television program. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's, I, yeah, it's, it's interesting because I feel like she's a totally different Shannon in a way than when she started. And I don't yeah. just mean physically. Woozy! I'm sorry, I could have not. <laughs> but I, I don't know, like, she, maybe because she's a lot, I feel like she was a maker at the start, maybe because she was the new girl. And now yeah. she's just like, well, I mean, the divorce obviously made her angry and emotional, She's but she is, like, right out the gate. Yes. I'm a lot of my play. I'm a lot of my play. (laughs) Oh, my God, Shannon, shut up. What a gift. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So, all right. So, how are you enjoying New York, then, without Bradby? Um, I mean, we're only two episodes in. We'll see. So far, I haven't been getting a lot from the first two episodes of New York. Mm. So, I need it to – I mean – First of all, last season was one of the best Housewives seasons of all time. The last yeah. season of Housewives of New York. And so I know it's not going to be there, but I need it to be a notch or two above where it is currently, especially because this season of Beverly Hills is turning out to be a barn burner, even though people <laughs> are already sick of Lucy Lucy Apple Juice and mm. whatever, but I think that we're finally getting to some really interesting questions about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills that um, I'm happy to investigate. Yeah, I think you're right. In Beverly Hills, it's more like um, uncut, like kind of peeling back the onion, you know? There's like this, this catalyst of the Lucy, Lucy apple juice and then they just kind of brought all of this other stuff to the surface where the women are just like not enough enough like let's but I just feel like it's so cruel to bring it up at this time I mean yes maybe Lisa does need to you know tr- learn her lesson or something although I don't know that she's going to but I, I, I think she doesn't even brought down a peg but like five weeks out of her brother dying or you know it's not that long I yeah. feel like it's such a vulnerable time. Maybe that's why they're doing it. Keep the dog when she's down or something. Well, I don't disagree with you, but I think this reckoning has been years in the making. And mm. so that makes me a little less 
you know, yeah, obviously she's mourning and things are going to be hard, et cetera. But also, you know, maybe that's why she got caught and that's why she's exactly. But yeah, I yeah. Less sympathy for her than I have sympathy for Luann and everyone questioning her sobriety and how she should go about being sober and what she can mm. and can't handle. And I just think that it's a really bad look for Ramona and Dorinda right now really questioning her in terms of that when I think that they really should be trying to be as supportive as they possibly could. I know, and I agree with you, but she makes it so hard. Oh, 100%. <laughs> like, I'm not saying Luann is blameless, but, <laughs> you know, the and I don't think that they're wrong about what they're saying, but them being mm-hmm. like, well, if she's so triggered, maybe she shouldn't do cabaret acts, and maybe she should do this, and maybe she should have gone to rehab for longer. It's like, that's not your struggle. Like, you don't know what it's going to take for her. <laughs> I know. Shut up. <laughs> but I did, I did have to, I did laugh when it was only 14 days. I mean, that might have been a second stint. Sometimes you just need a top up, you know. But right, I, exactly. I, I, I thought, you know, that it's, I went to rehab um, and I, this was a couple of years ago, and I was, I was there for three weeks and then I escaped because I was like, fuck this. Bye. I'm like, I need a coffee because it was like cleanse everything. You know, we were even like having decaf coffee, no sugar. I was like, I don't even need to drink. I don't need to use. I just need a goddamn coffee. And so I like ran down the beach and was like, I'm out of here. And I kind of like pictured Lou, like that total like, right. But like you just lose your mind because you're cooped up and it's all these new rules you're learning and everything. And I'm like, oh my, you're trying to deal with your, you know, your pain. And I just totally, I felt Lou in that moment. I'm like, yeah, I get, I feel like it's the first time in my life I felt like I understood Luann. <laughs> yeah. Well, scary you know, I, had, I had my own struggles with substance abuse and I never went to a meeting. I never went to rehab. Mm. I just like did it on my own. So, and it's like, I think everyone's path to sobriety is different. And I think yeah. that they need to be a little bit, you know, it's like, even if they hate her, here's a woman, Ramona and her have been working together for a decade at this point. Like, I would like wow. to think that she could have a little bit more compassion for the struggle that Luann's going through. And, I mean, she has plenty of legitimate reasons to be pissed off at Luann. That yeah. To be all like, oh, well, maybe she shouldn't be doing cabaret shows is just, like, petty and dumb. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I forget that I'm like, you know, when you're watching a sitcom and – Something happens, something major happens, and then we have to forget about it by the next episode and kind of reset. That's right. how I think of Housewives. Right. But, but this is, you know, there. I, I always forget their life goes on in between filming, you know, in between seasons. There's stuff that happens that we don't see. I'm like, what? They don't just film everything? <laughs> I right. forget these people have real relationships that we don't reset every every season well and it's like we've you know we may have forgotten about ramona being so mean to bethany on the brooklyn bridge but bethany sure hasn't you mm-hmm. know bethany lived that shit and exactly. more that we haven't even seen so yeah but and if you think about it in terms of your personal relationships, if anybody spoke to me the way that any of these women have hurt each other i mean that kind of stuff 
like cuts deep, even if it looks petty on screen, because we're used to seeing, you know, like so much yes. more dramatic shit in scripted shows. But this stuff is a real relationship that hurts and it doesn't go away. You would just cut that person out of your life. So oh, it's, totally. you're, it's you're crazy. Like you're right. A decade that these people have known each other, but the pain runs deep. Yeah. Well, like I was thinking when Kristen kicked Sassy and Katie out of her apartment, if someone who I'm friends mm-hmm. with ever kicked me out of their house, that's the last time I would ever talk to that person. Exactly. And, you know, they're being forced back together for better or worse, you know, having to deal with all this stuff. So, yeah. And especially yeah. on New York where you have uh, Luann Ramona and Bethany who have been together since the beginning. Sonia's been there since like season three. So Mm -hmm. they've been doing this for a very long time. And, and and I think that that's, what's good about Atlanta too, is that they can get over this stuff and still respect each other and let things happen, which is, is the opposite of a Shannon Bedore who's still waiting for an apology about Brooks that she's never going to get, you know, you're right. And, I mean, even even I remember thinking about the um, the candy drama, and you know she's now doing the the Welcome to the Dungeon tour, and I was right. but, but like, but for three seasons she was just like, no, I don't want to talk to Portia, like fuck this, and I was like, oh, girl, get over it, and then I right. kind of I was like, no, she was accused of rape, like that's a serious thing. I mean. You're even the real world. You would not. You would never speak to that person again. And I'm just like, bitch, exactly. you're ruining my show. <laughs> I know. I mean, I have a lot of respect for the injuries these women have to deal with in order to bring oh, yeah. us our entertainment. I know. They're like, you know what? Thank you, girls. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. Like, yeah. They. I mean, they go through a lot. Um, we went, where did we go? You like triggered a question in me. Oh, you mentioned um, the, the what's her name? Kristen drama yep. um, in Vanderpump Rules. I'm jumping around, but it's just too fascinating. And all the worlds intertwine anyway. I, I feel like I'm on Carter's side. I feel like I support Carter. I feel like Kristen is a difficult person to love. And, you know, I, I mean, that sucks because I I can understand that as am I, but I feel, I feel <laughs> like <laughs> you know what I know that about myself. I won't change, but I know that about myself. And I the, but feel, I feel I feel like they're both maybe difficult if he is using her financially as much as the other girls say. But I think regardless of the specifics of what has happened. You know, Kristen obviously needs something to change to be happy in her relationship. And Carter wants things to stay exactly the same. Mm. And that sort of miscommunication is never going to work out in the long run. And so, I mean, so they just need to break up. And I mean, exactly. if only because they're at different stages or have different ideas of their relationship, you know, regardless of what they may or may not have done to each other. Because, yeah, I sure wouldn't want to be Kristen's boyfriend, but, you know, I don't, you I don't know that I would want some, like, you know, 35-year-old photo assistant sitting on my house playing video, video games, not. like, it's telling me I'm annoying. Like, you mean, you live with your partner. I don't I do. currently have one, but I have. And it's a conversation that you have. You're like, all right, well, 
you know, if I'm making more money than you, I'll pay more rent than you or, you know, we'll split it evenly or whatever. Like, you talk about that stuff. Did he just, like, rock up on her couch one day and it's like, I'm not leaving? I mean, they're adults. Make, you have that financial conversation. That, like, I yell at the TV at that. That's for some reason. Yeah, like, but I think also you would never – take your partner's wallet and just go to Mexico and, and spend everything on the credit card. You know what I mean? But you like, knew me very well. Like that's true, but that's like a next level of what that's we're talking bad. about here. You yeah, know, like bad. I agree with you. Yes. You need to work out your finances and whatever, but if one of you is paying for everything and is resentful about it, no yeah, matter what your arrangement is, like that's not a good place for your relationship. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm convinced. <laughs> I agree. But what about um, in terms of Vanderpump relationships? So obviously now we know that Ariana and Tom have bought this $2 million mansion. Um, yeah. But they're in the same boat. They are at totally different junctures in their lives with wanting children, getting married. I mean, that that baffled me when they bought the house. Because, yes, I believe their relationship is lovely and they are, you know, in love and they have looks like they have a fun relationship. But if she doesn't want kids and he does, uh, it can never work, right? I agree with you. But, I mean, at least he is being very transparent about the fact that, like, someday I'm going to have kids and I'm going to tell you when that time is and you can participate or not. But yeah. this is what's happening. And so I think that they've both been very honest and upfront with each other. And that's all you could really want in any relationship is just to be able to communicate your wants and needs to each other and, and take those into account. So yeah, it seems like they're headed for an eventual breakup. <laughs> once Tom decides <laughs> the time comes to have kids, unless maybe by then she's like, okay, like let's give it a go. So yeah, I mean, people change their minds. I don't know. My, that's kind of the thing. I don't know, I'm torn about this. Because my mom had me at 38, right? And she never wanted kids but until about 35. And then she's like, okay, I'm ready. So right. in the back of my mind, I'm sort of like, well, you know, people do change their minds, obviously. But you also can't base a relationship on that. But you're right. He has kind of told her, well, when the time comes, you know, shit will get off the box. So. Right. And, you know, but I do also think that we should respect women that say, I don't want children. Mm-hmm. And just be like, okay, you know, your body, your choice. You know, exactly. If she doesn't want to have kids, like, good for her. You know, I'm not going to, and I certainly wouldn't be Jack Taylor lecturing her about it and, you know, talking about it. Jack, this season, I mean, I can't with him. He is so holier than thou. He is on Luan level holier than thou. Oh, my God. I cannot. He's, and he's like looking back in time at James and he cannot see the reflection. It is baffling to me. And they're doing the exact same thing where they're both like, I've changed. Can't you see how much I've changed? Can't you respect (laughs) my change? It's like, girl, it's been two minutes. (laughs) Oh, my God. You know? I swear to God. Yeah, let it sink in a bit. Display to me how much you've changed and also acknowledge how you've behaved in the past and recognize why we think you're an awful person yeah that's the thing with jack he's too narcissistic to own any of his past actions he's just like well i'm a better person now because i'm saying i'm a better person so i'm a good person right and like i say it it means it's true i do believe that he has changed and you know he has demonstrated some better behavior but he's slowing down he's slowing down yeah but it's going to take a long time to 
erase all of the shit he did over and over again. Yeah, it's his life work. It's his life work. It's yeah, he's got some right. he's got some real work to do. Internal yeah. and then he's gotta start letting that spill out and helping his friends more, his family, like the stuff with his dad passing and his the relationship with his mom, that's all very heavy. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, it's too much. Honestly. It's all too much. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I mean, I would be amiss if I let you go without asking you more about Erica Jane. Girardi. Oh, my I, she, girl, Erica. she is, oh my God, the fact that you can even say my girl, Erica, like, I, like, I literally, she is my all-time favorite housewife. This season, I'm not sure, but it's, we're only a few episodes in. But I bow down to Queen Erica Jane. Like, I mean, how did you even, how did this come about? She um, was a fan of my recast. And so when she was doing the book, she had her agent reach out to see if I'd be interested. And then we chatted on the phone and kind of decided to do it. So, um, yeah, and it was really fun. (laughs) And it was great. And it was. I mean, Did you die like, when you got that request? Well, yeah. Well, because at first it was just this agent was like, oh, I want to talk to you. And I was like, this is weird. And then it was <laughs> like, do you want to do a book? And I was like, maybe. Who is it? And then she was like, Erica Jane. And then I was like, oh, my God, I'm dying. <laughs> and then Erica called me on my birthday to, like, talk Shut on the up. phone. Yeah, so I'm in, you know, in my apartment on my birthday talking to Erica on the phone. I'm like, oh, my God, this is my life. Life And then it was so crazy just spending months talking to her, you know, Mm -hmm. almost every day and writing in her voice and going over things with her on the phone and meeting with her in person and filming the show. And, yeah, it was just nuts. That's the hardest thing, I think, as a ghostwriter, I mean, finding the voice of someone else like I yeah. I write but I I all have always written in my own voice I write personal stuff or songs you know and I've yeah. I've recently tried writing dialogue but I can't I'm it it brings me anxiety to try and talk in someone else's voice I can't do it I'm too self-absorbed I think that is amazing that you've been able to find her voice and write a whole book that way like well I even, think yeah most yeah, of it's just taking what she says and kind of you know, massaging it into uh, a better form. But, yeah, it, it is weird because I have such a distinctive voice of my own. And, mm. that, yeah, you just – I'm ghostwriting another book currently, non-Housewives related. But, um, yeah, and so it's just about finding that thing and pretending to be that person. One of my first jobs when I moved to New York was writing – uh, I re- worked for a company that owned a bunch of diet and fitness websites for like uh, exercise guru types. Like, okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I was doing that, like pretending to be different uh, exercise gurus on a daily basis. Oh my basis. God, that's so and, funny. I love that. Yeah. And, and it's just kind of, you know, a skill like any other that one learns. But I mean, I was talking to Erica every day. I was reading transcripts of our conversations. I was writing as her. I was having dreams about her. I was, you know, you you work on it so intensely, you really start to take on the other person's kind of uh, way they yeah. speak and inflections and stuff like that. So 
and get really into it. It would probably be harder for me to find now than when I was deep in it, but there'll always be a little piece of that Erica Jane inside me. I mean, I that's that is just the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just such a dream. Are we allowed to know anything about the book you're currently writing? Um, I it's TBD. So okay, all um, right. We'll, we'll keep see. it on the download. I don't know whether or not my name is going to be in it or on it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. That was one so. thing I loved about Erica with Pretty Miss is that she was very open with the, I mean, you're, you're I mean, I'm calling you a ghostwriter, um, but you are the author of the book, and she's made that very clear and known. You know, it's her life right. um, and it's her story, but you've, you are the writer, and she just, you know, she's very open with that. It's not hidden at all, and I love that. Well, in the world of ghostwriting, they would refer to her as the author and me as the writer. And so I think okay. it's good. But, you know, she definitely was very much, um, you know, I want to say it this way. I like this word instead of that. You know, she, she worked hard on It's not like she was like, oh, go write a book. You know, she yeah. also worked very hard. And, you know, we did come up with something together. Yeah, but that was what was great about it when she first approached me was, you know, I want your name on it. I know that you uh, are well-known in the Housewives universe. Like, I want you to help me promote it. You know, we did Q&As together. And, That's uh, so good. Uh, podcasts and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was really cool that that was my first experience with that, was with somebody who was so happy to have me be a part of the whole thing. That is, it was, this, was this the first book you've written? That was the first book I've written, wow. yeah. What a fucking so, dream. Yeah, so I'm ghostwriting a book now, and then I'm working, I signed a deal to write a book about the housewives. <gasps> so, Shut your beautiful mouth. Yeah, so when I've been working. When is it coming to our eyeballs? Not until at least 2020. It's, oh, don't tease me like that. I know. It's, the manuscript is due at the end of the year. So. <gasps> oh, um, my God. That is amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank fun. you. Thank <gasps> you. So that should be um, really fun. Oh my God! When that really, I'm gonna to have to have you back on. That is gonna be so fun. I know. I'm gonna to have to sell all those copies. So yeah. Oh, wow. Oh wow, that's awesome. Okay, so we know we can find you on Vulture doing your recap. Everyone yeah. needs to go out and buy the Pretty Miss. I mean, it's been out for a while. If you haven't read it yet, shame on you. Now Where out in paperback. We... Now wow. out of paperback. <laughs> is there an audio book for it? Um, yeah, Erica reads it. Stop. All right. That I'm purchasing that literally right this second. Yeah. I need her whispering sweet nothings in my ear. I know. I do love the sound of her voice. And she's <laughs> got an amazing voice. Yeah. Like for, for like a speaking voice, and I love her music, too. Oh, my God. I listened to so much of her music when I was writing the book. Did you? Yeah. You've yeah. got to, like, live it, I guess. I know. And so, you know, Spotify does that, like, it does a playlist of your top tracks of the year. Yeah. Five out of the top ten of mine were Erica James. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so good. I yeah. love that. Yeah. I, um, 
so often when I'm running and I just, I'm having a shit day, I'm like, I put on how many fucks and I'm like, dum 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 and I'm just like, yes, like, it like honestly brings me life so quickly and life yes. is good, life is good again. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us where we can find you. Um, you can find me at Brian J. Moylan on all of the social medias. And, um, yeah, on Vulture, I do um, – right now I'm doing Vanderpump, uh, Beverly Hills, and New York. That's amazing. We are oh. so uh, – we've got so many shows on the go at the moment, so many housewives. We I know. Like this is my favorite time of the year. And then – Vanderpump Rules will go off the air and be replaced by Southern Charm, which is a good. See, I never, I never got into Southern Charm. Maybe I'll have to because I'll have a big, like, gaping hole in my heart. Yeah, I enjoy it. It's going to be a curious season when it returns. Hmm, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Why is that? Um, well, Thomas Ravenel, who has been a uh, fixture on the program, mm. was Yes, arrested. I have heard of – I don't think I could have lived in the Bravo-verse without knowing who Tom Ravenel is. Terrified yeah, of but, him. Terrified. Yeah. Well, and he was arrested for rape and is now off the show. And That checks out. Um, what? I said, that checks out. <laughs> yeah. So – I think it's going to be very curious what they do with wow. this season. So stay tuned. Ooh, all right. You've sucked me and I'm going to have to watch it. Well, thank you so much, Brian Moylan. You've been an absolute pleasure and a delight. It, I honestly feel so grateful that you've come and done my little podcast. Aww. I really appreciate it. Uh, it was a <laughs> pleasure. It's so great to talk to you. Thank you so much for um, taking the time. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. get right into it. I, uh, I'm a big fan of The Bachelor. Okay. TV's The Bachelor, mm-hmm. not just, you know, Drake from down the street. Oh, I'm... Drake. <laughs> you don't live near Drake. I was trying you to pick a generic name and... That is the least I generic know. name you can pick. Yeah, unlike uh, Eminem next door. <laughs> like, what kind of name picking is that? Unlike, you know, my next door name of Madonna. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's not weird at all. I'm very, I'm a big fan of that bachelorette shit. Yeah, that's right. It's a very generic and common name in these parts. <laughs> There's a lot of drakes around. So anyway, the new season just finished. Yeah. What a season it's been. Yeah. Colton, it was, he was bachelor, a contestant from the previous season. And the big thing was that he was a virgin going into it. Okay. And so they're trying to basically goad him into losing his virginity. Awesome. We just had what they always say. They always like, this is going to be the most dramatic season finale ever. Mm -hmm. And usually it's bullshit. Okay. But this time I think they actually meant it. Well, I mean, they've been one-upped by Married at First Sight because the Virgin did lose his virginity. Regardless of the virginity aspect, it was a very dramatic finale with... uh, Well, I'll let Chris... I'll let uh, Chris Harrison, the host of The Bachelor, explain why it was so insane. Because... He'll do a better job than I did. This is a clip from the second to last episode, The Women Tell All, basically the reunion episode. Okay. Am I setting my faces to stunned? It'll be there regardless oh, right. of Don't what you set. Yeah. 
uh, no matter the setting to begin yeah. with. You could try as hard as you want to unset it to stun. Okay, I will. And by the end of this clip, you'll be stunned. Oh, no. So, yeah, this is like the reunion. Chris is like basically doing his recap of what we just watched. Mm -hmm. And what a recap it is. Oh, wow. We have seen many wild and shocking things on The Bachelor, but nothing like what we witnessed last night. Colton's worst nightmare came true. Ooh. The woman he was falling in love with, Cassie, broke his heart and told him goodbye. And what did Colton do? Well, he jumped an eight-foot-high fence in a single bound and disappeared into the darkness of the Portuguese countryside. <laughs> Colton! And now he's lost. Vanished into the night. No way. What will happen next? Is the show over? Will Colton return? Will he remain a virgin? You'll find all that <laughs> That's out not next my big week question. during a two-night live finale. And, of course, we're going to talk about a lot of that here tonight. It's one of many questions. That's not that even you... really on my mind at that stage. Like... If your child goes missing, you're like, where's my son? Oh, God, where's my son? He's lost in Will the... Will he always be a virgin? <laughs> He's lost in the countryside. What do you want? Yeah. What is it, the Tuscan countryside? Uh, Portuguese. Portuguese, that's yeah. right. So he's... I mean, I was impressed from day one. Oh, yeah. It's, he it, jumped an eight-foot-high fence. It's amazing. I know. And just, it's almost like, you know, the superpower of, like, when mothers have babies and they get trapped under a car and they can like lift the whole bus off their baby yeah 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 it's like his heartbreak superpower is like now i can leap giant <laughs> things you should see it it's like if you watch the clip it's like he's jason Bourne. seriously he just walks towards the fence he doesn't even run there's no no runner. it's like that's why it's so dramatic oh my gosh can i see it i'll try and find okay. it on youtube but I don't, I don't know how um like obviously listeners will have to google this for themselves Oh, we can put the... If we find it, we'll put the clip on you on YouTube. It's already there. We'll put it on Facebook. Yeah. Let it be known Vicky's face was indeed set to start. Oh, I was shocked. I was like, that is no one's reaction ever to being turned down. So this is just a trailer for the episode, which includes the fence jump clip. Oh, my gosh. We'll put it on Facebook for you guys. I'm done. I'm done with this. It is already like a movie. He's like dramatically talking to camera. But he's talking to himself like yeah. he's mic'd up, but he didn't realise it at that point. Oh, which so it's is very better. much the like, what did I do? Killed them all, of course. Yeah, yeah, it is a bit Robert Dursty. He's even wearing like the Jason Bourne outfit. I know, it's perfect. And the cameraman's like just following him behind, you know, it's like pitch black, but yeah. you can kind of just see his silhouette. And it's sort of like, where's this going? I'm yeah. sure is what the camera guy is thinking. So his, his, uh, the girl he was basically going to pick to win mm. just dumped him. And so he, like, you know, goes back to his room for a second, emerges, throws off his mic, and just, like, starts walking towards the fence. Now Chris, the host, is kind of, like, following him a few metres behind, just trying to get his attention. I like the music. I know. It's like... Colton. It's very dramatic. It is. Look at Holy that. crap! Just jump the fence. <laughs> <laughs> Can I rewind a bit? I want to see that again. I've watched this like 50 times. It's so like, good. How does he even do it? Do you think he could recreate it? Me? Yeah. I couldn't do it. Oh, okay. I was he... going to say, we'll get a film of you no. trying. <laughs> it, like he Can says... we film you trying for an end colour? <laughs> it's an eight foot high fence. It's taller than him. He's like an ex-football uh, player. Right. So I guess he's still like got some of that strong. athleticism. Yeah. And so he just like somehow in one fluid motion, like just reaches up yeah. and is just like in like, I don't know, two seconds, he's over. Over. It. Again, yeah. again, again. I feel like I'm like on Teletubbies. Again. Colton. Oh, 
fuck. He just jumped the fence. Even Chris swears. Uh, yeah. Is there a button that opens a gate? And so no like, one else can leave because you have to it's press locked. a button. Yeah. And so they're like, well, how do we get out? And so by the time that they actually get the gate open, he's, he's gone. He's gone. In the Portuguese countryside. I don't think he's lost. I like that they say lost like, though. I, like they don't know that. Like he doesn't know where, where he is. is. Like he's That's somehow what lost implies. Like you've lost him. Yeah. He's lost. No, he's just Bolton. he's just wandering around somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Like he we could literally Bolton. be like down there. But they do not like they. Down here. They do seem to lose Bolton. him for a good half an hour at least. Maybe even longer. Why are Bolton. they? He's not a dog. <laughs> I guess they're hoping we can respond because it's Bolton. pitch black. Who might realize that he made a mistake? He hopped the fence and took off. I didn't see which way he went. Colton! Colton! Like, I bet as well when Chris was walking up behind nowhere. him, he's like, well, he's getting to the gate. Like, we're gonna have. Yeah, like, I don't he's, need to hurry. He's trapped. Like, he's trapped. Right. You know where he is? He's like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll slowly walk up behind him and we'll talk. Holy. He is gone. How good's that? <laughs> I have never had, yeah, I again think it's like lifting the bus off the baby. Yeah, it's just adrenaline. Yeah, like his if you heart him is to, so broken. Right. If you asked him to do it again, he'd just be like kicking his feet. Yeah, the, that's right. Like trying to get one leg over, like just, <laughs> no. Nah. But yeah, it's, just, it's amazing. That's like, mind blowing. Somehow one fluid motion just from walking towards the fence to somehow walking away on the other side. Do you think he it's did like that? It's like it wasn't even an obstacle. No. Do you think he did that so that the girl would see it and reconsider? <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize the uh, physical specimen that I was giving right? up. He's basically Jason Bourne. Yeah. She, like, if I saw that after a breakup, I would reconsider. Insane ramblings.